following program is an advertisement paid for by Colorado Dreamhouse Team and Guild Mortgage. We live in one of the hottest real estate markets in the country. The Denver metro area has a lot going on, and we're here to break it all down. Dan Palomino and Gary Lorman, the Colorado Dreamhouse Team. All your questions answered with none of the hot air. Welcome to Colorado Dreamhouse Radio on News Talk 710 KNUS. Good Sunday morning to you. This is Colorado Dreamhouse Radio. I am your host, Dan Palomino, along with me, Gary Lorman. Good morning. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, audience. Well, we finally got a taste of winter this week. Have you thought out yet? I have thought out a little bit. <laughs> Uh, we got to what, I don't know how much snow did you get out by you? You know, we got about an inch and a half or so. Wow. We had more in Highlands Ranch. We had about three inches. Wow. Okay. Uh, but it, it was kind of a welcome sight. Yeah. Uh, nice to see it snowing. Definitely needed the moisture and the, you know, the, I think we're safely out of the seventies and eighties now. Uh, probably. Uh, but today's a beautiful morning though. It is a beautiful Colorado morning and, uh, thanks for being with us. Welcome to Colorado Dreamhouse Radio. We are the Colorado Dreamhouse team from Keller Williams Realty DTC. We are a team of eight residential real estate agents. We close about 100 homes a year. And the purpose of the show is just to give you good database-driven information about real estate in your town, in your city, in your neighborhood, your subdivision. This show is all about local real estate. And we're the home of the seven-day listing agreement, which means if you'd like to sell your house, give us a try. You can hire us for seven days. If you don't like us, you can fire us. No questions asked, and we'll pay for all the marketing costs. It's the seven-day listing agreement. You can just give us a call at 720-446-6325, 720-446-6325. lot coming up today. Again, uh, this is uh, our second episode of Make Real Estate Great Again uh, under a president-elect uh, Trump. And part of that uh, theme is inventory. How do you make inventory great again? How do you get more homes on the market for people to buy? If you've been around Denver for the last several years, you know there's been an inventory shortage. It seems like we can't say the word record low inventory enough. Just when we think we've hit a record low, we even go deeper. Correct. And if you're a buyer, I mean, you know the pain of looking for a home, making multiple offers on properties, and getting outbid. How long will it last? How much of a problem will it be in 2017? And what are some of the solutions? That's what we're talking about in today's hot topic. We'll, we'll share some of that. And of course, we'd love to hear your thoughts if you'd like to participate in the show. The listener line is 303-696-1971. Again, 303-696-1971. More on that in just a minute. The poll question today then is, what has to happen to resolve the inventory problem in Denver? Is it A, we need higher interest rates? Is it B, we need more new home builder product? Is it C, a robust economy? Or D, a drop in home prices? Well, I think the, uh, I think A is, is coming to pass right now. Yeah, we're um, seeing that. We're seeing higher interest rates. So, and Andy's going to talk about that later on. And of course, somebody would say, well, how does a higher interest rate relate to more product being on the market? Very simply, homes are not going to sell as quickly. Correct. They're going to stay on the market longer. While those homes stay on the market, new homes come on the market, 
and there seems to be a little snowball effect where there's an accumulation of inventory and product on the market. Right. So when you look at the poll question right now, it seems, though, people are not agreeing with A. They believe that a drop in home prices is what needs to happen uh, for there be for there be more inventory in the market. And again, explain how a drop in home prices would present more homes available to people to buy. Well, I think what, what people are thinking, if, if there's a drop in home prices, there are going to be people that are going to say, hey, we better get our home on the market, get it sold at this higher price before the depreciation comes. So I, I think it's a panic move that people are thinking about. Yep. Our trivia question today is, to preserve its natural beauty, one of the four states has banned all outdoor advertising. One of the four states. Is it A, Alaska? Is it B, Rhode Island? Is it C, California? Or is it D, New York? Hmm. Now, the, the the answer it would seem like, well, we'll just pick one of the more beautiful states, right? Mm-hmm. Well, don't give him, don't give him a hint now, because. Well, but but then again, that's that's not easy because Alaska is beautiful. Yeah. Rhode Island, the coast of Rhode Island, just gorgeous. Yeah. California, who would argue that it's a beautiful state? Yeah, and people think of New York, they think of New York City, but you know the state of New York. The state is of actually, New York is gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, it is. the Adirondack Mountains, the, yeah. the, the you know the, the Great Lakes, uh, the Finger Lakes. I mean, you're from New York, upstate New York. I'm from New York. I, I know how beautiful the state. I mean, is. I'm from New Jersey, and people think New Jersey, but actually, the countryside of New Jersey is beautiful. Don't, that that's a stretch. <laughs> don't, don't don't try to convince the people that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, if you know the answer to the trivia question, give us a call on the listener line, 303-696-1971. Again, and, and if you're from New Jersey, call up and support me on that, will you? <laughs> 303-696-1971, if you know the answer to the trivia question. And again, it is to preserve its natural beauty, one of four states has banned all outdoor advertising. Is it A, Alaska, B, Rhode Island, C, California, or D, New York? The number 303-696-1971, and you'll win a $25 gift card to Amazon. In our third segment today, Andy, the mortgage man, uh, will be in studio with us, and we'll be talking about some differences between uh, being pre-qualified and pre-approved. And although they sound very similar, they are very different. A big difference. Our final segment today, we'll have our Stump the Pros question, and of course, we wrap up with Fact or Fiction. Coming up right after the break, uh, we're going to talk with Rick Polland. He is uh, a small home builder, small to medium-sized home builder. Mm-hmm. He's building an incredible community uh, up in uh, Decono. So if you're north of the city, that Firestone, Decono, Erie area, uh, we'll be talking with Rick. It's called Eagle Meadow Estates, and the reason why we'll bring Rick on is because, you know, Medium-sized builders, uh, small to medium-sized builders, is one of the solutions uh, for the inventory problem going forward. They were absolutely cut and gutted right out of the market in the crash. Correct. 2009, 2010, they just disappeared. Medium and small uh, builders had to close up shop. What has to happen is these guys got to have opportunity, and we've got to bring them back into the marketplace, and the way they're going to do that is with some favorable lending uh, and uh, giving them the tools and the resources to build products. So right after the break, we'll get Rick on the phone, and we'll talk a little bit with him. So 
back to the hot topic that we're talking about. First is, why did the shortage of homes even occur? And again, as Gary just talked about, we had a, we had a sell-off from 2008, 9, 10, and 11. It was a massive sell-off. Um, now, we all know why the sell-off occurred. We all know what occurred on Wall Street. We all know that homes were overappraised. We all know that there was risky lending going on and the real estate market essentially collapsed. But when you look back to, say, 2006 in Denver, when there was 32,000 homes on the market. Right. From 06 in Denver to really 11, for five years, we had a massive sell-off. And when you sell that many homes and that much inventory gets traded, there's bound to be a shortage. Right. There's just not a lot of available homes left after that all occurs. And then, I mean, when when the market started coming back, the the pent-up demand for people that were out of the market for so long, I mean, they got into it hot and heavy. Yeah. So they were just buy, buy, buy. It's sort of like a grocery store shelf, you know. The shelf is packed, and for five years, you just wipe out the whole shelf. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the five years, there's nothing left on the shelf to sell, and that's kind of what happened to Denver. Um, The other thing is, is that, you know, interest rates, record low interest rates bring buyers out, as Gary just pointed out, pent-up demand. So when we get into three three and a half, three and seven eighths. If you've got available homes on the market, you're probably going to have a lot of buyers that can purchase at that type of interest rate. So again, one of the reasons why we see a record low inventory is because it's it was very affordable from at least a loan perspective for buyers to get into the business. Correct. You know, and, and uh, you know, we are seeing a rise in interest rates, but people really have to realize that you know, a four percent, four and a quarter, four and a half is still a fantastic interest rate. Absolutely. Yeah. And then some cottage industries kind of propped up, mm-hmm. right? So what we saw in that two middle two thousands, two thousand six, and then beyond, certainly during the crash, was this whole cottage industry of the fix and flip. Right. And HGTV got a hold of it, and there were television shows about everybody could go out and make millions just. Buying distressed houses and fixing them up and flipping them. We thought, there were books being written and seminars and yeah. So you had these whatever. you had these people that were setting up small little corporations. You had some bigger corporations going up and buying big chunks of homes and fixing them and flipping them. And again, that pulled uh, inventory out of the market right. and kept it you know kept a very very slim pickings for everybody else. Then there was those people who just decided not to sell, mm-hmm. right? We had another group of people that got very, very scared of what happened uh, during the crash, and they decided not to sell. They decided to stay in their homes longer. If they were not in financial jeopardy of losing their home, they made a decision to stay, just stay there. Right. Take us, for instance. Being a real estate agent, we saw a lot of people lose their homes. Right. We saw a lot of people get themselves in trouble with arms. We saw a lot of people who overextended themselves, who bought too much home. And I witnessed that firsthand, and I made a decision very early on going through that with my wife that we didn't need a bigger home. Right. And we did the same thing, Dan. I mean, you know, we've been in our house for 23 years, you know, and, and that's unheard of, yeah. you know. But what we ended up doing was investing in other properties, you know, as rental properties. So we didn't buy the big trophy home, 
We just have a, you know, regular home and, you know, and we enjoy it. Same with us. We've been in our home for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very comfortable. It's, you know, all we really need. And I didn't want that big payment and I didn't want that, all that risk. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how things were going to go, uh, in the real estate market. Right. And so I fell into the third category that we're talking about which is people just decided to stay in their homes longer. Yeah. And there, I, I was reading something also that a lot of baby boomers have decided to stay in their homes. You yeah. Know, by my, my age group. Yeah. And so. So those are three of the reasons why uh, the shortage occurred. Number one, we had a huge sell-off for five years. Number two, people decided to stay in their homes longer. Uh, number three, we had record low interest rates, which brought up a lot of buyers out of the market and buyer demand. Uh, and number four, we had a cottage industry called fix and flips mm-hmm. come in and pull a lot of inventory out of the market. So number four is what will continue in 2017 and beyond. And, you know, what, what will be the solution to easing the inventory problem? Now people are, are not putting their homes on the market in, in part because they don't know where they would move. Right. 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 And they see the low inventory. So they, they don't, they don't know what they're going to buy. So it's a catch kind of 22 because if more people put their homes on the market, there'd be more inventory. Mm-hmm. And then more people would then put their home on the market because they would know where they were going to go. Correct. Right? So more homes on the market actually spur even more available inventory because the people who don't want to put their house on can now put their house on because they know where they're going to go, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. I understand you. Uh, thank you. Uh, we're going to talk about builders and builders filling the gap as part of the second solution with Rick Pollan coming up here in just a second. This is Colorado Dreamhouse Radio on 710 KNUS. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Colorado Dreamhouse Radio. I'm your host, Dan Palomino, along with me, Gary Lorman. And welcome to all those watching on Facebook Live this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad that you are with us. And still coming up this morning, we're going to be talking with Andy, the mortgage man. Interest rates are going up. Uh, and not just a little. It seems like a lot. Right. So we'll tackle that in just a second. Also, Rick Pollan from Eagle Meadow Estates uh, up in Decono will be joining us in just a minute. But let's get an answer to the trivia question, and let's go to Patsy in Denver. Good morning, Patsy. Morning, Patsy. Good morning. Good How morning, are you, guys? Thanks for listening. Of course. Love your show. Thank you. Thank to you. preserve its natural beauty, one of the four states banned all outdoor advertising. Is it A, Alaska, B, Rhode Island, C, California, or D, New York? You know, I have been to every state other than Alaska, and I see advertising in the other three. So I'm going to say Alaska, guys. That is correct. Hey, congratulations, Patsy. Thank you. Nice job, Patsy. It is uh, Alaska, and uh, it is not New Jersey. So since you've been to every state, Patsy, have you been to the countryside of New Jersey? You know, I have, and I will say this. 
just to support you, and also because it's true, it, New Jersey was refreshingly wonderful. Thank you, thank you. See, Dan, I really, I really loved it. But I've only been, I've only been there in the summer. Well, that, that's that's when you want to be there. And that's yes. Gary's sister, Patsy. Thanks, Patsy. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No worries, appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Hang on the line. Patsy wins a uh, gift card to uh, Amazon. So. Uh, we've been talking about the inventory shortage in Denver and uh, what are some solutions to uh, solve it. And if you're just joining the show, inventory, available homes for sale. It's been a problem for the last several years. We talked about the reasons. Let's bring on uh, a friend of ours. Uh, Rick Pollan is a medium to small size builder up in Tacono. He's developing a fantastic project, if you're up that way, called Eagle Meadow Estates. Rick joins us now on Colorado Dreamhouse Radio. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Rick. Uh, morning, Dan. Morning, Gary. How are you? Hey, thanks for being with us. We were talking about the inventory shortage in Denver, and, and one of our solutions is, is that obviously builders uh, could fill the gap uh, and bring more new home product uh, to the marketplace. And we know what your challenges are in doing that, uh, but one of the one of the other things we talked about is as to the reason of the shortage was that the small and medium-sized builder just got decimated during the crash, and a lot of them went away and didn't come back. But guys like you were able to hang on and and then you know take off as the market took off. Talk a little bit about that. Well, yeah, we were one of many uh, builders that uh, <clears throat> uh, definitely felt the pinch during the downturn in the market. Um, we were fortunate. Uh, we were working with good banks, and uh, when it got really tight with us, we were able to uh, renegotiate some of our notes and able to uh, stay afloat through 2008 through 2011. Uh, fortunately for us, we had uh, built some deeper pockets, and uh, we managed to um, reorganize our loans, and then we turned around and looked at the market and decided, you know, our product line was a great product line, but at the price points that we were hoping to be at in 2006, 2007, uh, obviously had to change if we were going to uh, step back into the flow of the market. And so we reorganized our product. We came in with a more affordable uh, single-family home. Uh, our product is based off of larger lots without buildings. And so we had that still going for us but we had to get down into the price range that was moving. And it took us several years to uh, get that back up and running, and we came in in the mid-300s uh, uh, to 400,000 range, and we just uh, stayed alive. We sold enough to keep banks happy and keep us alive until the market uh, slowly came back. Uh, the flow of what was selling moved up in price, and, uh, to date, we have sold out our first filing now, and we're at the prices that we had hoped to be in 2008 here in 2016. And now we face a, a little different uh, scenario of problems, and that is, you know, getting enough uh, land developed and uh, to meet the needs of the uh, growing uh, buyers for our product line. Hey, Rick, one thing I was I was thinking about your situation is I, I think that you had an advantage that you actually had already uh, tied up enough land to uh, secured enough land to be able to move forward when the markets changed. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, we were at a point in our uh, young um, 
careers here to to actually look into the future and say, you know, this is what we project ourselves will be based off of what we had sold prior uh, in 2007. And uh, it's kind of a catch-22. We bought enough uh, property, secured it uh, uh, at the right price so that we could possibly build, you know, for the next five to six years. And then with the market turning at that point, um, we had actually kind of shot ourselves in the foot. We developed, um, prior to the change in the market, we developed what we thought we would build in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, inventory for what we needed for two years of building. And unfortunately, with the market changing, um, our product line uh, fell off the radar. We weren't going to sell anything in the 600000 range. And so we <clears throat> obviously sat on the product. We worked our uh, relationships with our investors in our uh, banks to where we could uh, set it out for a while and then come back when the market started to improve. And, um, you know, for us, we were lucky the market did improve and we were smart enough to identify, you know, the price range that we needed to be at. And now we're sitting on plenty of land. We have recovered. Um, We are now just in the process of developing some of the future parcels. And we have inventory probably for five years now that we can be building as a small builder, on an average of 15 houses a year. Mm-hmm. Rick, why why do you think that the the building uh, the builders across Denver and Colorado have had such a hard time in filling the inventory gap? Is it only because of the skilled labor problem? Well, uh, that's true. A lot of uh, the labor force, the subcontractors that uh, we had in our resource pool, um, had up and moved away or just got out of the business and changed uh, businesses. And so there's a smaller pool to draw from. Um, Prices are affected by that as well. Um, We're now trying to uh, rebuild that, and we are seeing some, you know, uh, return of the uh, trades, the the custom uh, craftsmen and whatnot, Um, but it's a slow process. And so... We've adopted, um, because we are uh, builders, uh, contractors, uh, we specialize in the framing industry, and so we've actually uh, taken on some of those uh, areas that were hit the, the worst, that we've done as much as doing our own foundations. Um, you know, we do our all of our own interior trim. Uh, we just take on wherever the shortfall hit, we had to do it in-house, and we hired people and we were successful in doing so. And to this day, we still do a lot of the different things instead of subbing, you know, 100% of it out. Rick, hang on through the news break. I want to talk to you more. I want to get a couple more questions in and then get some information about Eagle Meadow Estates. We're talking with Rick Pollen from Tamarack Homes. We're talking about the inventory shortage in Denver. More still to come on this edition of Colorado Dreamhouse Radio on 710 KNUS. The Colorado Dreamhouse team is committed to helping people just like you buy, sell, and invest in real estate. As the real estate experts, Dan Palomino and Gary Lorman make dreams come true. If you're looking right now to sell your home, they make it easy with their no-hassle listing guarantee. Hire them for seven days, and if you decide you don't like them, fire them. No questions asked. They'll even pay for all your marketing costs up front. They're the Colorado Dreamhouse team. ColoradoDreamhouse.com. That's ColoradoDreamhouse.com. When looking for a mortgage loan, there's one person. 
person you can trust to get the best loan possible. Andy Jorgensen at Guild Mortgage will make sure you understand all of your options during this life-changing event. And if you're looking to refinance, Andy will walk you through the process step-by-step. You got questions? Andy's got the answers. Owning a home is a dream. Andy Jorgensen at Guild Mortgage will help you make that dream come true. Call Andy at 720-638-4501 or visit him online at guildmortgage.net forward slash Andy Jorgensen. Now, back to Dan Palomino and Gary Lorman, Colorado Dreamhouse Radio on News Talk 710 KNUS. Welcome back to the second half hour of Colorado Dreamhouse Radio. I'm Dan Palomino along with me, Gary Lorman. For those of you who are attempting to watch on Facebook this morning, you are back. We lost our Facebook feed, and you were wondering where we are, but uh, thanks for staying with us, and welcome to those listening on 710K in U.S. in Denver. Again, if you are new to the show, we are the Colorado Dreamhouse team from Keller Williams Realty DTC. We're a team of eight residential real estate agents. We sell about 100 homes a year, and the purpose of this show is just to give you great uh, data-driven, knowledge-based information about the local real estate market. A lot of radio shows are national. This one's local. It's about what's happening in your area, your town, your uh, subdivision. Today, we were uh, talking about the inventory shortage in Denver and what are some possible solutions uh, to getting more inventory on the market, and we'll continue that discussion in just a second. The poll question today if you'd like to participate, is what has to happen to resolve the inventory problem in Denver? Is it A, higher interest rates, B, more new home builder product, C, a robust economy, or D, a drop in home prices? And as I check the poll question, a drop in home prices continues to uh, lead the uh, pack on the poll question. If you'd like to vote on the poll question, go to Facebook.com, look up Colorado Dreamhouse Team, or just Colorado Dreamhouse, like the page, and go ahead and vote on the show. Um, the feature property of the week. I want to make sure we get to that before we resume our conversation with Rick Pollan and bring Andy Jorgensen aboard too. But the feature property of the week this week is 10285 Dowling Court in Highlands Ranch. Again, if you've got paper and pen, write that down. 10 285 Dowling Court in Highlands Ranch. It's in the Highwoods development, and if you're familiar with the area, fantastic sub-area uh, with just some amazing views. This is an amazing five-bed, eight-bath, 8,000-plus square-foot, two-story Colorado-style home with ter- terrific uh, stone and stucco work. Uh, it's got a finished basement, theater, exercise room, rec room, full wet bar. The backyard is to die for. It's incredible. It's got a putting green, in-ground trampoline, basketball court, fire pit, outdoor kitchen. And Gary can attest to this. I mean, the the views, full unobstructed views of the front range. Yeah, it's got to be one of the best lots in the high woods. Uh, It backs to open space. You'll love the Highwoods. It's a gated community with a pool, clubhouse, conveniently located to everything in Highlands Ranch. So go to our website. It's coloradodreamhouse.com. Go to the website, coloradodreamhouse.com. Click on the Featured button. Scroll down the thumbnails until you see 10285 Dowling Court uh, in Highlands Ranch. All right. 
Let's uh, continue our discussion this morning. Rick Pollan is joining us uh, from Eagle Meadow Estates up in Decono. And if you're not familiar with the area, you take I-25, you shoot up north, and you hit a whole bunch of terrific little cities, uh, Decono and Firestone and Erie. And, and Rick, people think that's that's a tad far from Denver, but the truth of the matter is it's not that far at all, right? Oh, not at all, not at all. Um I, uh, for years lived down south in Lone Tree and, uh, I, I'm a big Pepsi Center guy. I, uh, follow a lot of the sports, uh, primarily the Avalanche and I would always, you know, kind of gauge myself to the Pepsi Center and it was about an 18 mile, uh, poke and took about 35 minutes and, uh, we're just north of the Pepsi Center, uh, 18 miles, but you, the difference is you feel like you're out in the country. So where uh, Lone Tree is right around the Park Meadows area, and you feel very much in the city, uh, Decono and our project is just 18 miles north, but you feel very much in the country. So it's kind of a good uh, a flip. It's a nice uh, uh, outer traffic, out of the noise area. So we, we love the little area, and it's you know quiet, and it's a great place to uh, raise a family. So you filled a need in uh, in Eagle Meadow Estates, and what I mean by that is is that you, you were basically looking for the person who said, you know, I want a little bit more wide open space. I wouldn't mind some views. I would like some flexibility with my land where I could maybe put up an outbuilding. I didn't necessarily want to be right on top of my neighbor. Um, you recognized that need. You went out and you built that product. Tell me a little bit more about Eagle Meadow Estates before we let you go. Well, uh, it's basically a need that is is uh, needed by many people, uh, starting with myself. I actually live in Eagle Meadows, and I really developed the area for what my needs were. I, I come from a, a very tight community where um, I'm just elbow to elbow with my neighbors and, and, a, and a pretty strict HOA that, uh, you know, would send you out a letter every time you left your trash cans out overnight. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so I really developed... This neighborhood is, is so that I, I had larger lots. Um, more than anything, um, I, I had a boat, and I wanted my boat to be home with me, and I couldn't do that in the neighborhood that I lived in. And so we created what we call an outbuilding community. That's a second uh, garage structure, uh, additional to the standard three-car garage that we offer. And so if you had an RV, if you had a boat, or if, if you had a hobby, if you rebuilt cars or, or any of these little things that people like to do on the weekends, you had the opportunity to purchase a, a average seven-tenth of an acre lot. Um, you could build a, a secondary structure, and you could have your RV home with you. You could have your boat, so you could work on it, you know, in the off-seasons or whatever it is you do. You had the space, and that's what I needed. And I knew, um, reaching out to other people, that that's what they wanted, too. And so we came in with this idea to build these larger lots. Um, you do need an ATV if you want to borrow a cup of sugar from your neighbor because you're on an average 200 feet door to door. And so it is uh, a convenience of space. And uh, you can have uh, larger yards. You can have things that you don't normally have in the in a, a production community, you know, where you're you're just 10 feet apart from your neighbor. Um, we do cater to the second time, you know, third time home buyer, um, but it's worked out great. And uh, it took a while to get kick started, but now we have 47 homes up. The first filing's completed, and uh, it's a great neighborhood. We have a new school. 
uh, going up uh, just uh, across the street, uh, P through 8. Um, our demographics showed more empty nest type uh, families, but uh, as demographic goes, they're usually always wrong. Yeah. And so we end up, we have right now about 35 uh, uh, young kids ranging from uh, preschool to high school living in the neighborhood. So um, it just, it, it fits all needs. Interesting. Well, I, I highly encourage everyone to go out and check it out. Uh, Eagle Meadow Estates in Tacono. You shoot up I-25. You get off where, Rick? You get off on exit 232, the Erie Tacono exit. You go east a half a mile to York Street and north a half a mile, and we're on the east side of the road. And then how do they get a hold of you? Um, you know, they can contact me through you. Uh, they can reach me at uh, area code 303. 549-2778, and I'm a 24-7 guy, so call whenever. And tell Rick that you heard about it through Colorado Dreamhouse Radio. Dreamhouse Radio, and we will work with Rick to get you into a home. Rick, appreciate you being on. Thanks so much. Much success to you up there. Well, thanks for having me, and good luck to you guys. Hey, thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Rick Pollan from Tamarack Homes in Eagle Meadow Estates up in Tacono and talking about the inventory problem and what has to happen you know one of the things i, I don't know and we'll, we'll we'll get andy in on this because one of the things that has to happen for the small to medium-sized builder is funding um rick i know has had a heck of a time uh dealing with a variety of lenders and banks that will do small commercial pro- pro- products in fact i know for a fact that when he's talked to a lot of lenders a lot of them say, oh, we don't want to be involved in a small project of right. 120 homes. We're really only interested in the five, six, 7,000 home uh, type of deal, which is which is unfortunate because mm-hmm. it's the small to medium-sized builder that's going to fill in the gap. It's the small to medium-sized builder that makes the makes the engine run. It's yeah, but it's these builders that really ended up burning the banks, unfortunately, during yeah. the during the downturn. Sure. You know, so that's why these banks are so gun-shy. Absolutely. Andy yeah. Jorgensen, Andy the Mortgage Man, joins us every week right here on Colorado Dreamhouse Radio. And I'm sure you've been listening to the discussion this morning about inventory and uh, yeah. inventory problems. And, and I want to throw that last question at you is, is what can, what can be done, if anything, to help out the small to medium-sized builders in getting funding? Because it seems like the banks only want to fund the big boys. Well, yeah, but that's going to change as interest rates start to increase. Um, you know, you know, people. It certainly is, it, it impacts affordability, especially for your first-time home buyers. But as rates try to normalize, uh, as people see that and banks see that, then that's going to spurn them to look at other investments. And and I think that you'll see a lot of uh, construction loan lending coming back. Um, I think you'll see a lot of um, you know opportunities in that area. Because you know, at the current you know uh, interest rate level or equilibrium I'm going to use today, um, you know there's, it's just a, it, construction loans take a lot of work. There's no question about it. But um, you know as rates continue to increase, there'll be banks being more willing to participate and help out people like Rick uh, so that they can purchase, or so there'll be more opportunities for buyers to purchase because the rates will be more normalized. So uh, it was uh, another rough week for interest rates, but I, it didn't seem like they climbed a little. It seems like they climbed a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, that, what you're looking at, so it, it was a rough week for interest rates. Um, they continue to climb higher. Um, a 30-year fixed rate today with no points is about four and a quarter percent. Um, you know, I think we've been uh, used to very low interest rates for the last six, seven months. 
And, um, you know, the week started out pretty good. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, I thought, oh, great, we're going to get some, we're going to stabilize. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday comes along and things continue to slide. So volatility has been very, very high. Um, the market action and driver of interest rates is basically based on expected policy changes from the new administration. So uh, it's that trying to um, outguess what's going to happen, and the bond market always tries to do that and figure out what's coming down the pike, and so they can they adjust pricing accordingly. Um, the big underlying fear, the big underlying tone of all that is obviously inflation. Uh, you know, due to greater stimulus. So if the new uh, administration is going to spend a lot of money on infrastructure to get the economy moving, to get jobs moving, um, you know, then that's going to create inflation. And uh, we all know that inflation, if you're, uh, if you have fixed rate investments like bonds, um, it, inflation erodes the value of that bond. So the bond prices have to go higher, uh, go lower, excuse me, and meaning yields or rates have to go higher. Well, give me so, some perspective. Like where were we interest rate wise on, like, say, the beginning of November prior to the election? Uh, prior to the election, you're about 3625. So we've moved up about 5 eighths from 3625 on a 30-year fixed rate with no points up to about four and a quarter today. So we've moved uh, a big chunk since, say, November 1 up till today. So uh, a big, big move. Hopefully, if you're out there, you're shopping, you're talking to your lender, you're getting a contract, you're locking right away. That's going to be the, uh, you know, kind of the modus operandi unless you like volatility and you like, you know, changes, you know, $50 a month change. You don't mind a $50 a month change in your house payment. Uh, continue to float. But uh, I don't think most people uh, like that. So I would, we're advising most of our clients to lock just to eliminate uh, the unknown. Is it going, going to settle down, Oracle? Great question. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm the Oracle because uh, in, in February, I was looking back as I was prepping for today's show, uh, I was looking back in February and I was looking at some of my notes and I said, you know, we were predicting rates near 5% by the end of the year this year. Uh, along comes, you know, very slow economic growth over the year. Brexit happens in June and we had an absolute flip-flop of what the market predicted, kind of what I thought. So we've enjoyed a very, very good year, and, and it's been good for consumers to, to take advantage of some of the low rates. But uh, to prognosticate, uh, it's a little too early to tell right now whether this is the new equilibrium at where we're at right now in the low fours or if it may be even a little bit higher. Um, you know, we can say that it's fairly safe to say that the equilibrium of a mortgage market that's in the mid-threes is not normal. That was a little bit artificial through uh, government stimulus through, uh, the, you know, basically the Brexit situation, and that was not sustainable long-term. So uh, I would say that I, I, my hope is, my hope is that we, where we're at right now is what we'll see for, you know, you know, the next several months, I hope. But no guarantees. Uh, if you cannot afford to pay higher, bottom line is advice is to lock. All right. Uh, I know we wanted to talk, touch on and tackle in the in the uh, few minutes that we have left, but let's let's jump into this pre-qualification versus pre-approval. And although, as I said, the terms sound very much alike, they are very different. Yeah, uh, you know, I like to always bring what's relevant and what happens in my my week, uh, you know, to the show each week. And, and you know, had a real interesting situation this week. Had a buyer come to me. Uh, basically, they were under contract, supposed to close in 20 days, and they came to me because their current lender was unresponsive and not returning phone calls, so their buyer's agent 
came to me and said, hey, Andy, can you jump on, jump on this and help these people and still make our contract date? So we dropped what we were doing, uh, brought the customer into the office, and we sat down and started going through their, their qualifications. Turns out during the exploration of their qualification that we determined that this job, the buyer's job history was not consistent and he had switched uh, careers uh, about three times in the last 12 months. And generally, job changes, not so such a big deal as long as you're in the same line of work. Uh, when you change careers and you do three of them within 12 months, that's very, very problematic. And so the buyer came back to me and says, well, how does this happen? I don't understand. I was pre-qualified. I don't get it. And I said, well, you know, they, they were not pre-approved. And, and basically what happened is this buyer or the, the lender did not collect any of their pay stubs, their W-2s their tax returns, he had pulled credit and told them, yeah, your credit scores are good enough, but didn't look at any other information whatsoever. And so uh, there's a, when you are getting pre-approved, you are actually providing your lender their uh, your tax returns, their pay stubs, your W-2s, your, your asset statements, 401Ks, IDs, all of that information, so that when you go out and write a contract, you're 100% certain that you're going to get your financing, or you're, you're very, very certain that you're going to get uh, your financing and stuff. So don't go on a pre-qualification if you're a buyer out there. Go only if you are pre-approved. Good advice. And uh, go ahead. Now, don't you have a program, Andy, where you, you guarantee what you do your yeah. – yeah. Absolutely. At Guild Mortgage, when we pre-approve somebody, we have a service-level guarantee where if we pre-approve you and and we get your loan formally underwritten before you go and write, and for some reason anything goes wrong, we will reimburse you for earnest money, appraisal, uh, uh, inspection fees, up to $5,000 if we screw up and don't approve your loan after you've been pre-approved. That's a great program. Andy, thanks. Great information. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Andy, the mortgage man, if you'd like to talk with him, give him a call on his direct line, 303-810-1191, That story just kind of drives home why you need to have a good, competent lender. All right, wrapping up our show with the inventory problem in Denver on 710 KNUS. segment of Colorado Dreamhouse Radio. I'm your host, Dan Palomino, along with me, Gary Lorman. Been a very interesting conversation today about inventory and available homes and the shortage and what to do. And I kind of want to wrap it up this morning uh, with uh, at least what I think our three solutions are. Yeah, you know, one thing that Andy didn't get a chance to touch on, he, 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 made, a, he made a note that housing starts are up in October by, thir- by 26%. Yeah. So, so actually, that that's something that's definitely going to help our inventory situation. So really, it's a three-prong uh, solution to get more available home product on the market. And it's number one, uh, as we talked about, higher interest rates. Uh, higher interest rates actually mean fewer buyers. And you say, well, how would that be a good thing? But it also means that there's probably a balanced market, and it probably means that homes are staying on the market longer. And there's probably going to be an accumulation of homes, mm-hmm. which means buyers will have more choice to pick from. Okay, that's solution number one. Solution number two, as we talked with Rick Pollen from Tamarack Homes up in Eagle Meadow Estates, more builder product. 
Correct. Right? And how do you get more builder product? Well, you need more skilled laborers. Uh, and you might have more skilled laborers just by virtue of a growing economy. Yeah. The other, the other thing that the, the builders are up against, and I tried to touch on that, was land. Yeah. You know, it's tough for them to get land to build on. Well, and regulation. Less yeah. regulation about land and what you can do with it and wetlands and what, you know, the EPA and mm-hmm. all that, uh, that, that will help more, uh, home builders. And then tax subsidies or government programs, uh, would again help more home builders put more product on on the market. Correct. Uh, Our third solution is just playing a better economy, uh, which would put more money in people's pockets, and then we would have what we call more move-up buyers. So explain to people what a move-up buyer is and how that helps the inventory problem. Well, a move-up buyer is just somebody that's going to be, if I own a $200,000 house and I want to move up to a $300,000 $300,000 house, so I'm going to put my $200,000 house on the market. I'm going to be looking for a $300,000 house, so I'm buying and selling. So it, it, it's it's activity in the market. Then that $300,000 seller is going to be usually moving up or moving down, possibly. Yep. You know, so there there's activity in the market. So, you know, it, it just generates more more housing that, that usually comes on the market. But when you talk about a segment of the population that was really taken out of play for quite a long time because of the real estate crash, right. it was the move-up buyer. Correct, correct. The move-up buyer kind of went away for a while. Right. And because they went away, we lost all of their homes. They were afraid. Yeah, they were afraid. Yeah. yeah. So, again, our three solutions to inventory, higher interest rates, more builder product, and a better economy. I know it sounds simple, uh, but if you'd like to talk with us more about that, you can reach us at the Colorado Dreamhouse team uh 7204466325 all right let's talk about uh our last segments today which is stump the pros and fact or fiction this week's stump the pros question is from Holly in Centennial it says dear Dan and Gary the holidays are here then the long winter months of January and February are here my house is for sale what could I expect in terms of traffic and buyers over the next three months? Well, this is almost, we answer this almost the same way we answer people that say, should I put my house on the market during these months? Correct. And and the answer, quite honestly, Holly, is that you're going to see less buyers in the market, but the buyers you see are usually going to be real. Mm-hmm. You know, Because as we say, people are not usually out looking at homes during the Christmas holidays or the New Year's holidays or Whatever, you know. Well, when he says real, meaning we don't really have a lot of looky-loos right. in January or February. You wouldn't really just put on the boots and coat and trek through 10-degree weather just for the fun of looking at homes. Generally, the buyers in the market in the next three months don't want to buy. They probably have to buy. Correct. They're probably a relocation, someone who's starting a new job here in January, and they need to buy a home. So it's a higher quality of buyer it's a much serious, more serious buyer. And you actually may get a better price during that time frame because Absolutely. you're there's less homes on the market. So you're a big fish in a small pond, as we say, like to say. That's right. All right, here we go, Gary. Fact or fiction? I ask the question, you answer. All right. The Burj Khalifa is the tallest building in the world. In fact, it's so tall. How tall is it, Dan? How tall? You can watch the sunset from the base of the building. And then take an elevator to the top and watch the sunset all over again. Well, deja vu all over again. 
fact or fiction, Gary? I'm going to say fact. It is fact. Ding, 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 All ding, right. ding. Gary gets one right. <laughs> uh, that's how tall it is. Uh, in the 1930s, gangster Pretty Boy Floyd was well known for robbing banks and was popular among the public because when he robbed the banks, he tore up the mortgage documents, freeing people of their mortgage debt on their home. Well, I've actually read about this. Fact or fiction? I've actually read about this, and they they say this is a rumor that he did this. They don't know if it's fact or fiction. They they say it's a rumor. So I will go with fact because of the rumor. Well, they say it's fiction because they can't prove it. Yeah. But it is, you're correct. It is a rumor. No one's proved that he actually ever tore up any of the, the, the mortgage loans. Right. So it's, so it's, uh, it's rumored, you know, so fact or fiction, you guys make your choice. That's right. Uh, in 2005, Kyle McDonald posted on Craigslist, a, on the barter section of Craigslist, he had one red paper clip and he would trade anything for it. He ended up trading that paper clip for a fish-shaped pen. Fourteen trades later, that one red paper clip turned into a house. I Fact actually, or fiction? I remember this. I do. And, and So all those people that think that Gary doesn't read, he does. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say fact. It is fact. Yeah. Uh, he wrote a book about it called The One Red Paperclip, but he traded one red paperclip for a house. Mm-hmm. Fourteen trades later. Now, now, guys, don't come to us and say, I've got a red paperclip. Can I make an offer? <laughs> Call us on Monday morning. Dan and Gary, I'm in the market. Great. What are you looking for? Well, I want a $300,000 house in South Aurora, but all I have is a paperclip. A red paperclip. That's not going to work. <laughs> Although it did work for Kyle. So, so, so I'm going in for cosmetic surgery tomorrow, Dan. Really? Yeah. Getting the uh, face having, pulled back and no, tightened having, up a little having bit. Having my knee replaced. That's right. Tomorrow <laughs> is the big day. Yep. Yep. So uh, whether I'll be here next week or not is still unknown. Well, we we'll ho- see. We hope all goes well and. Let's see how good my doctor is. If y'all would like to stop and see Gary tomorrow. No, 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 Well, we wish you much luck. All right, so that's the show today. Thanks to Andy Jorgensen from Guild Mortgage. Always appreciate him. And as I said, give him a call. You need a good lender, 303-810-1191. Really appreciate Rick Pollan from Eagle Meadow Estates up in Tacono. If you are looking for that type of product, which is Really, really kind of a cool product uh, that he puts out there. It's it's really some wide open spaces, and you get an outbuilding, you get some land, and you're not right on top of yeah, your neighbor. He's got a lot of ranch styles, too, yep. which are really great. And very, yeah. very popular, so check out Rick. And, of course, if we if can ever wanna, help yeah, you, you. Give us a call. We'll be happy to take you up there. We would love to help you. Give us a call at 720-446-6325. Everybody have a great Sunday. Enjoy football. Enjoy and the weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Colorado Dreamhouse Radio. Telling it like it is. News Talk 710. KNUS Denver. The News Now.